Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Yep, thanks to uh, Battleborn Injury Alerts for housing the show today. Angel is uh, working the controls here. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Adam Hill is the company. It's Cofield, busy, busy. Hour three of football on top of football and Bosa. I'm not going to say on top of car because that, you know, suggests the next meeting is going to be ugly, but car did fire back today. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Dodgers' efforts to get into the postseason start up here in just a couple minutes. So you got St. Louis and L.A. L.A. is currently minus 220. I did sprinkle a little bit on the St. Louis side, just like I did yesterday, and set it on the air on the Red Sox side. This situation is a little bit different, though. Wainwright is good. Scherzer went on is great. So we'll uh, the brief amount of time that we're on the air during the game, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Uh, Yankees are out. Red Sox move on. You know, I could sit here and explode as a Yankee fan, but part of me is like, no one wants to hear it. You know, the Yankees spend a lot of money. They win, but they don't, in this century, haven't won you know, a lot of titles. And like you were saying in hour one, there were some Yankee fans that were actually hoping they would just get dumped in the wild card. They were very frustrated this year so that there are big, big changes on the way. I don't believe there's going to be big changes because I think the issue starts at the top. And you know what my rant has been? Um, and remember about... About five years ago, I connected the Lakers and the Yankees together uh, when all the buses were around, right? Uh, when all the Steinbrenners were around. Now, Hank passed away. Hal's still there. But my whole point back then was just because dad was a great owner, right? And, and George became a great owner once he was booted out of baseball, came back and was acted like a human being. But Dr. Jerry Buss was a great owner. But just because the parents are good owners doesn't mean the kids are going to be good owners, right? Now, Jeannie, Jeannie's gotten it together and, you know, getting LeBron and all that. That's been all been great. Hal Steinbrenner still has some fatal flaws um, that will have the Yankees being a good team, but not a championship team because they don't go to that next degree like the Dodgers do to make sure the roster is stacked. And again, I know non-Yankee fans don't want to hear this, but that that is the difference. And one of the things, I mean, I guess they can get rid of Aaron Boone and maybe that'll change a lot. Um, I don't think Cashman is terrible. I think they've, they misspend their money oftentimes in areas that they shouldn't be spending in. Like they just don't have enough pitching to compete with the best organizations. They don't develop enough pitching. That's, I think, a big problem. Uh, they've got a lineup that is filled with, you know, a lot of all-or-nothing guys. And, yeah, like, walks are cool. And I love Joey Gallo. He, you know, he's an idol, even though he's 25 years younger than me, Vegas guy. But when he came over, it just it wasn't good. Um, and then there's also the attitude. There's also this delusion. Aaron Boone saying after the game, the league has closed the gap on us. We've got to get better in every aspect. Close the gap. They like seven teams have passed you by. Close the. You haven't. You've won one title in spite of having a top five payroll every year. One title this century. Close the gap. I mean, I would argue in the American League, the Astros are a better organization. The Rays certainly are a better organization. I think the White Sox have a better group of players now to build around. They did their rebuild the right way, and I think the Red Sox are a better organization. And you know what? Pound for pound, for the dollars they spend, the A's are probably a better organization they closed the gap what cap are you talking about you're a mid-level franchise in the american league so time to blow it up sorry 
<laughs> there was a lot there, and I said I wasn't getting mad. But when I read that quote, I was like, "But it's the what same gap." Are you talking about? It, it's and and I think some fans have the same attitude, and and you know you're not in that group necessarily. But it's the same as you. I was talking to Dodgers fans today that were like, "Yeah," because I said, "Well, you got Scherzer's lost. They haven't lost a start, but Scherzer's made since he got over there." Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he's been beat up in this game, and he, he just, he's been, he's, he sucked. And I was like, okay, okay. Uh, just because the offense scores nine runs every time he pitches, all right, settle down. I mean, he, down. they were eleven and zero in the starts. He went seven and zero in those starts with a one nine six ERA. So how beat up did he? Did I, I don't he get? know. I mean, but that, so he wasn't perfect. Every that's game. the attitude. Though. There, there's a no. There with, uh, with the clubs that spend the biggest money and from fan bases that expect to win and are arrogant. Uh, yeah, you get this this lack of reality at times. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And and I think sometimes it is a problem at times when it seeps into the actual team, right? And, and in this case, I think that's what you're describing of just the the arrogance and the, you know, lack of reality of, you know, they've closed the gap. Like, that's a silly comment to make. You, you sent over the question, will the offseason get ugly? What does that mean for the Yankees? Well, that's because what I was talking about is all those fans that were like, time to blow it up. Time to blow it. Like, is it going to be blown up? Is it going to be everything's torn down and – Start trading all the guys away and firing the GM and the coach. Wow. And you know, you know what you get. Uh, and it's it, this was this was always classic New York sports talk radio with both the Mets and the Yankees. You get, you know, we have to get rid of this guy, this guy, and this guy. And it's like, yeah, no one really wants those guys. And you're not getting back some tremendous player. And you know, here's the other. Look, can we deal with some reality here too? We keep saying reality, but um, the New York teams believe that they're the center of the universe in terms of everyone wants to play for them. You know, everyone doesn't want to play for them. You realize. I talk about the biggest thing with the Yankees over the last couple of years is that they have not been able to make the the earth shattering, ground moving, um, you know, league altering trades for the best pitchers. Right? Like Justin Verlander was available. He hasn't pitched recently, but what happened? He basically turned around. He was the one of the final pieces to turn around the Houston Astros, along with their cheating. Right? They just did it better than the Yankees and Red Sox. But that was a that you know you don't get them, and another team in the league does get them. Uh, could they get Max Scherzer instead of the Dodgers getting him? Well, you know, part of the Scherzer thing was he had a no trade to the Yankees. So that's another thing. The Yankees better figure out why there are so many players who are like, yeah, we don't want to go there. You know, and the Mets, to a certain degree, after the way Steve Cohen acted, you know, that maybe that arrogance is kind of seeped into some, you know, across the league. People are seeing it and they're like, man, eh, it's kind of an arrogant organization. They, maybe they don't treat the players the way they're supposed to. So, listen, well, I, I guess they can buy out of it with money, but they got to spend it the right way. Also, Verlander wanted to keep the goatee. Well, I mean, if that if that's the <laughs> difference maker now, then how this that that whole thing has to be get rid of that. Stop living in the forties. Number four. All right, you never looked it up, did you? Came in Nebraska. No. So that was actually the name of the lady that uh, I love the word canoodling this week. That Urban Meyer was. Oh, yeah. Her, her last name's Kay- Nebraska. Her name is Cayman, Nebraska. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Okay. All right, so... But there was multiple girls, though, right? There were multiple girls, yeah. yeah. Uh, he apologized for, like, the second and third time the last day and a half. Yeah, it, and that's fine. He just keeps going on and on. But I'm, I, I am getting incredibly annoyed with one aspect of this story. So many people are focused on, oh, that's not his wife. Right. The canoodling or hanging out or talking to a girl or being in a bar or... As I referenced yesterday, digitally manipulating, whatever. Like, none of those things are the story. It has nothing to do with the story. And I I had a, a friend text me today that, you know, peripherally follows sports. 
and said, hey, I don't get it. Why is everybody so upset like a coach is cheating on his wife? So first of all, we don't know they're cheating on his wife. Get that out of the way. And I said, he didn't fly back with the team. He said he had to spend some time with his grandkids. He's out at a bar, and then he cancels team meetings on Monday yep. because he doesn't want – like, those are the issues. He lied to the team. He didn't fly back with them, and he lied to them on the back end multiple times. All That's of, the problem. All of those things. Yeah. And then the response was, yeah, but it, isn't it between him and his wife? It's not about that. Like, I don't understand why everybody keeps making the story about who he was with at the bar. That is irrelevant to the conversation. It is. Like, I. it's it's funny – and it's it's you know it's an interesting part of it, and the videos are great, and all the like. Yes, of course, but the actual story here has nothing to do with whatever his relationship is and how he you know tr- acts when he's in- none of those things matter. It's about how he handled the team in this situation and how the players feel about how it was handled. And it was it's it was terrible. Like some stuff is leaking out, whether it's you know accurate or not, whatever. But it does seem like this is just the next step in a lot of really really bad moves that were made and you know i'll cite my you know my now radio hero pat mcafee uh who really did a great job with this yesterday talking to some uh some guests and some you know former executives and they every single person that spoke on it said they had never never heard of it heard of a coach not flying back with his team ever in all their times in the nfl that's a college thing that's an almighty college coach that's you know i'm not saying they all do it but that's something you get away with in Columbus, Ohio, and Waco, and State College, and you know Lincoln, towns like that. No one's going to call you on it. Yeah. But in the NFL, you don't do it. No, you don't. It's, it doesn't happen. It's about trying to get better. It is and, and when you're preaching to your players, you know, hard work every day. Be in there. Be in there. Get hard and get better. Are you? Do I do this rant again? <laughs> Who? Is, what? What group is Urban Meyer part of? Who's the Who's the coaching cabal that Urban Meyer belongs to? I mean, it's, it's it's Parcells, sure. it's Larusa, it's Belichick, and Bobby Knight, right? Yeah, discipline, loyalty, and every one of them. You're like, mm, why don't you do what you talk about? Yeah, why don't? And they're all buddies. Do why don't you do those? They're things? all they're all buddies. Uh, is the Titans minus four and a half against the Jags a sucker bet? Because uh, the way I look at it, it's like, ah, oh, the Jags aren't. They're, they're, are they going to go to the deck for this guy and play hard for this guy? This week? I mean... Is that square thinking? Because I already bet the Titans minus four. Yeah, I, I I will say, you know, we talk about all the time in the NFL, non-quarterback injuries don't matter, but cluster injuries do. Like, they couldn't throw the ball less. They don't, they don't have anybody to throw to. Yeah. So, yeah, that does concern me a little bit of, you know, how will they be able to move the ball and how will they be able to, um, you know, if, if, if they do shut down Henry, which is easier said than done, how, who do they throw to? That does concern me. How about this note in terms of Myers' reputation now? Brett McMurphy, who's working for one of the gambling companies and still is a college football insider, said 73% of college ADs told me they would not consider hiring Urban Meyer if they needed a coach in 2022. One Power 5 AD said, quote, not in a million years. He talked to 65 of the 130 uh, FBS ADs. Uh, group of five were a little more willing at 40% to hire Urban Meyer. 15% of Power 5 ADs said, yes, they would do it. So right now he's kind of at a low point. Yeah, it, it's and maybe I would hire him in college. He's he's had success in college and he can be the unsavory character he wants to be. I mean, group of five. You get if you could get the guy and you could raise the money, you know, million and a half, two million dollars. I guess you try it, but it, it is such a risk now because then now at the, I mean at this point he's what five or six five or six jobs in 
I mean, can you imagine how out of control he would be at a group of high school? Like, no one could rein him in. Well, also, he's a good coach. Isn't that where, and this is ridiculous because we don't know any of the details, but like, yeah. isn't that where the situation at the bar does become relevant? Where you're like, that guy on a college campus? Yeah. Like, at least one of the girls, whether she was joking or not, said he was just basically being creepy feeling, on her. Feeling, yeah, feeling her up and then hitting on her relentlessly. And, didn't, and he, she didn't know who he was. Right. Like, whether that was a joke or not, who knows? But, like, that that would have to be looked into that's if you're going to bring him to a college campus. That's a little scary in this era. No yeah. doubt. Top three stories. Number three. All right. Bears on the way. Justin Fields on the way. This is actually. No, this. no, no, no. It's uh, Eddie Dalton. He's, well, he's quarterback well, it, one. It's changed. Matt Nagy changed his mind. No, this, I, I heard it. Steve, Monday. I, I listened to I his press conference because they're playing the Raiders. Andy Dalton's the quarterback. So, what do you think happened? What changed? I mean, Overruled from above? Probably, or, or I mean, maybe maybe Nike's maybe Nike's reading the headlines. I didn't see one positive response to that announcement from anyone anywhere. Didn't Field show enough last week that he should be the guy moving forward? Well, I mean, I guess it's it's also how you analyze the team. I mean, what is your upside with Dalton? Probably nothing. Yeah. What's the upside with Fields? Probably about the same, but now, right? But you're getting well, ready the for down getting the road. ready for the future. Get it going now. This is actually, this is another thing I, now I'm not so confident in my win pick, but this was another thing I did predict. Yeah, I told you so. Uh, back when the schedule came out and I said the Raiders would go 10-7, and 7, I think I said it that day. I was like, uh, I'm guessing the Bears will not get off the great start with Andy Dalton and this will be Fields' first game. I was wrong on that. But Fields is going to play. Who would you rather prep for defensively if you're the Raiders? Fields oh. or Dalton? Oh. And, and I mean, I think Dalton is more capable of sitting in the pocket and, and beating you with throws, but right. there's a lot more that you have to be careful with Fields. Andy Dalton also doesn't really push the ball down the field. No. Uh, Fields may make mistakes and he may take some sacks, but he can move. And I, I'll tell you, I, it's the Lions, so I don't want to go crazy. But he, he pushed the ball down the field pretty well. Yeah. Last week. Yeah, for sure. And, and if you give him a little time, he can throw it. And he had a, and you know, Robinson is clearly the number one guy, but he has a really good connection with Mooney. And I'm sure that Robinson will at some point, you know, figure out his kind of you know, relationship with fields and now you have multiple receivers number two man raiders fans got all sassy about joey bosa to the point where their reaction to bosa saying hey car will kind of turtle up and get a little afraid once you start hitting him their reaction is we'll get bosa by players to be dirty and hit Bosa below his knees. Like, wait, like, Bosa didn't say anything dirty. Talking about in the legal football frame, you get after the guy and you hit him. Sure. And it might affect him. But, you know, Raiders fans are like, oh, game two, watch your knees. Like, relax, relax. Well, I've also heard the, you know, how many games have, has he missed every single year? He never plays. He's always hurt. Like, okay, he's not saying you can knock Carr out of games and he'll leave. He's saying right. he'll stop He'll stop being effective. So Derek Carr said what today? In response. I love Joey Bosa. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I love Joey Bosa. That was like, well, this is the team car approach to Joey Bosa. You know, behind the scenes, they're all like, blank that guy. I've, I've heard some things. Yeah. Um, but also, like, as you I think there was also a, maybe a discussion of some sort um, to say, hey, let's not talk about this because Carr first said you know that's not something i'm going to address i'm not going to talk about it and then he he did expand on it a little bit 
Uh, but then when Max Crosby came in, he's like, we don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, which uh, you do. I mean, Carr already talked about it. Um, Carr's quote directly, he said, I love Joey and he knows that. We've gone back and forth. He's probably mad because I was talking a lot of crap to him in, during the game. It was an emotional day for them. I saw a lot of things about their whole team after, and good thing it's a new week. He's entitled to that opinion and saying those things, but it's almost like he watched the game in reverse. The game I watched, we came out and fought a little bit after they got us, got after us a little bit up front. So fine. The opinions I care about are what Gruden and Ol- Olsen, well, he said Ole, but Greg Olsen, tell me when I came into the building yesterday and today, and it will always be that way, especially when my teammates think about me. Uh, but we'll see them again, and he's entitled to say that. He's a great player, great dude. I just don't think he watched the game in the same order I did. So there's no lesson learned on, I, I believe, that some of the motivation for Bosa to speak out after the game was Derek Carr popping off last Thursday saying, home game for us, always been that way. It's a fact. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? Good for Derek Carr. And to me, that he in that whole statement, it's very convoluted and twisted. He basically said, all right, well, we get to face him again. So, and he talked a little trash back. So I love it. There, I the, freaking love it. There also was the follow up of, you know, is it confusing? He would say that after you played better in the second half than you did in the first half, which he already said yes. Um, he said, I just thought it was unfortunate he'd even think to say it. Maybe he was just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off. So good job for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but as you pointed out earlier, you actually have to watch the way Bosa says it. It wasn't like some bravado you know wwe delivery he's just very matter of fact i don't like calling him stupid but he doesn't seem to be the most deep guy or intelligent and you know as i said whatever day i said it you know basically it's just ogre or mongo right you know from revenge of the nerds with ogre just you know he's you look at he's not some next level trash talker do you look at ogre as like an einstein type not really. Okay. No. Exactly. <laughs> so you just keep going back to he ain't the smartest guy. I'll just no. Joey Bosa is a moron. I'll I saw some that. fans mention this one. Did you see the play where Carl Nassib did have a clear shot at the ribs of Justin Herbert just before he got the ball off, and he kind of he kind of waved by him and just barely hit him with his hand. I think some fans are mad about that. Like, hey, you know, they're going to talk trash about our quarterback. You know what? You have a chance to hit Herbert. Get him. What do you want, 15 yards? That's the problem now. <laughs> the NFL has trained you that you you basically have to be afraid of touching these guys. Yeah. I, you see it all the time. And I'm seeing more and more guys, you know, on a side note, do the obnoxious thing on the sideline where you're about to run out of bounds. They don't hit you because they don't want 15 yards. And then they steal an extra three yards from you. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is good at that. And, and it's what they should do. But it's, at the same time, once, play, once quarterbacks started doing that, it should be open season on them. Number one. Yeah, and a lot of people had uh, Derek Carr's back. Right? Yeah. Listen to Shannon Sharp here as uh, he's he's all about backing Carr and saying uh, Carr wasn't wimpy. Guy was like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to take that big shot. I'm not going to take the shot that could possibly put me out, not only for this game, for an extended period of time. I saw a guy that battled and battled and battled. The Chargers were the better team last night. But this notion that Derek Carr is – unlike any other quarterback that every other quarterback if he faces relentless pressure is going to stand there that's not happening he's right in a lot of ways you know no one calls tom brady a wimp and tom brady will go down very quickly for his own his own protection on the way back though listen to what this will be after the break we'll tell you what shannon said uh with regards to the situation he was actually he's mad at bosa and went after bosa 
It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. I love Joey. He knows that. We've gone back and forth. He was probably mad because I was talking a lot of crap to him during the game. It was an emotional day for them. I saw a lot of things about their whole team after. And uh, good thing it's a new week. He's entitled to that opinion. But it's almost like he watched the game in reverse. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see them again. And he's entitled to say that. He's a great player, a great dude. I just don't think he watched the game in the same order I did. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. There you go, Derek Carr firing back at Joey Bosa. I also thought Carr talking about Justin Herbert was interesting the other day. Like, almost sounded like advice. I'm like, hmm. Herbert's pretty good. Sure, there's still still time to learn. Yes, there is. Although there right is. now, Carr. Here's, here's what to do, young guy. Car ninth in PFF, Herbert fourth right now. Oh, I didn't know both were that high. Yeah, I didn't know Herbert was that high. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Car was ninth as of last week with all the yardage. You said Josh Allen's twenty six, huh? Oh, he's up to twenty first. He's up to twenty first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we just played some Shannon Sharp from the uh, Shannon Show with Skip, and so Shannon was all about defending Derek Carr. Listen to what he said about. Joey Bosa in the comments. I saw a guy, team get down 21 nothing. He comes out of the half, goes on a six-minute drive, get it to 21-7. They stop him, get the ball back, goes 21-14. Does that look like a guy that curled in the ball to me? It sounds like Joey Bosa sounds like a guy that's not used to winning in the NFL. That's what it sounds like to me because those are things that you say when you win and you haven't won a lot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I always forget, Shannon... Is Shannon the one that's lobbying for Carr being top three? No, that's the whole Keyshawn, Stephen oh, A. Keyshawn, bit that's, that's right. been going okay. on. I just didn't know if this was Shannon kind of backing up his old. No, name. no, no, no. Okay. That's, uh, that's, Keyshawn, that's right. Keyshawn, who was, I'm sure, instructed to say that Carr was elite, so now he's got this argument going on for a while. It's a good argument. It's, it's actually got legs because Carr's been pretty good, and then, you know, he, he made a couple mistakes. So I, I have no idea if they – I'm sure they hit on it again. I'm sure Stephen A. came over the top and was like, you know, you know. Can't throw that interception. Wall recovered. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can't go down like that that easily. This is great though. And I'm not sure why people are so upset about it. And I don't get people saying, you know, you don't talk about other players in the fraternity. This is great. Now we've got a good setup for the second meeting. Uh the Chargers and Raiders have always had a good rivalry. Yeah, pour gas on the fire. It's also the season finale and it could have playoffs at stake. You know, it's funny. It is a season finale. It's funny. How many times last year we talked to uh, different, like, former Chargers and former Broncos, and it was kind of a mixed bag. Like, Schlereth loves the rivalries in the AFC West. But there were some other players It was like, and actual, and current players, it's like, eh, it's not what he used to be. Like, what do you mean it's not what he used to be? Should be. Could be. There's all this history, and now you've got, you know, if the Raiders or the Broncos are the worst team at what, you know, I still think the Broncos are going to finish with, like, seven wins. But they're all they're all solid. And I'll say they all have the possibility. I still think the Chiefs are going to win 12, 13 games, um, if not more. Uh, the other three still have the possibility of winning 10 or 11 games. 
And like I say still, like the Chargers are off to a good start. And obviously the Broncos are with just one loss. Yeah. Well, I, I I do think part of it, not all of it, and I'm not a you know, I'm not I'm I'm definitely a now is better than ever in all sports. Um but I, I think part of it is player movement in terms yeah. of like half the Raiders roster has been on the Chargers. Like those are their friends. Right. Um Well maybe that should play into it too. You know, I don't know if any of you are bitter that they're not with the Chargers anymore, but certainly between a a guy who's going to be with the Chargers, you know, health withstanding, he's got a long-term deal. Joey Bosa is going to be with the Chargers for probably at least eight years, right? Carr's been here forever. So, yeah, if the if the guy you're building the defense around, the defensive end, Sackmaster, is talking trash about the quarterback, that's freaking great. There's no turnover there. Yeah, and, and but it, there is, like, other players, and, and you're right. Like those guys are probably where they are. Car could, Car, Herbert could have a career-ending injury, and Car could be the Chargers' quarterback next year. You don't, you don't know. But like, think about a guy, and we, we mentioned him earlier, uh, Brandon Faison. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we're going with. Um, was this story is not old? What's thirty-six hours old? Brandon Faison was, was Bosa's teammate when he said it. He's now Car's teammate. That's crazy. But you also don't, like, if another play, as you're saying, like, hey, why don't more players do this? Or why can't they speak out? Like, this is kind of why, if Brandon Faison comes out after the game and nobody would have asked him, I get that. I'm just saying, for example, he comes out after the game, he's like, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, but Joey's say, speaking the truth, and that's how that's how we approach the game. Uh, hey, man, you're, you're on the Raiders now with, <laughs> Oops. with Carr. Bos is a jerk. We're right. getting that, like, it, it does make it more difficult. Like those kind of relationships in those situations do think do I think make things more difficult when you never know what's going to happen. You could be on the other team tomorrow. Busy day around the NFL. A couple of uh, solid players, maybe better than solid players, were available on defense, just dumped by their teams. Did the Raiders get involved? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, I just thought it was unfortunate that he didn't even think to say it. Maybe he's just trying to get under my skin which he did piss me off, so good job for that. Um, but that's not a bad thing either. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Giveaway time. You know how expensive it is to go to the movies. We got some tickets for the uh, new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. 364-1100, caller 7, or I will take care of you. 364-1100, Daniel Craig, Rami Malek. Opening up this Friday, no time to die. Cool stuff, cool stuff. A lot of good movies out right now, and we're hooking you up with some tickets. Caller 7, 364-1100. Derek Carr on the way back. More of his comments about Joey Bosa saying he did piss me off. So. He loves Joey. We got it. We got what we want. We got what we want. And frankly, I think the Chiefs are going to have some things to say about the Raiders. By the, by the way, this is good. I know it's... It doesn't sound weird. This is good for the Raiders. It means other teams are thinking about the Raiders. And I don't know if any Chiefs players will say it, and I don't think Andy Reid would say it, but, you know. There are there are plenty of people around the Chiefs and the Chiefs community who still are not happy about the victory lap <laughs> last year with the bus. I know so, it seems stupid, so, but it's that so. kind of stuff. Right? Hashtag never forget, man. You don't for you. you you've, you've turned into like a, I'm not going to say like a bitter old man. But I hear you every once in a while off the air. Every once in a while on the air, you you hold some grudges. Sure, you know I do. For if it's motivating, things. what's wrong with it? For legitimate things, but a legitimate things. Well, a victory lap around the stadium. 
Maybe three or four victory laps. That nobody knows what really happened. That's the other thing. Um, Max Crosby went on Coward and said what happened. Sure. Uh, I he played indoor. I just, I do, I think, I think it's fantastic and just really convenient that the Chiefs are upset that another team drove laps around their stadium, but not, you know, they want us to forget that one of their coaches drove away drunk and, you know, was putting the community in danger. Forget about that. But that victory lap, that should be remembered forever. Ah! Oh, wait, our coach? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't talk about that. Let's forget about that. Yeah. The son of our oh, coach? No, 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 no. Oh, I have thoughts about that, too. So. That's, that, was, that was last year. That, why, why are you still talking about that? They drove around our stadium after they beat us. <laughs> You're still bringing up the drunk driving thing? Really? When they drove a lap around our stadium? I really get no Chiefs fans. That. It's, still, it's so ridiculous. What one matters, one doesn't. <laughs> yes, one does. One does really matter. You're yeah. right. It's not a laughing matter. All right. So what happened today around the NFL with uh, Stephon <laughs> Gilmore and Jalen Smith? Or like, what, what's going on? They're both available. Yeah, who wants them? Let's go. Stephon Gilmore, sixth round pick. Sure, why not? So right? the Panthers One of the best had, cover corners in the league. Panthers had another defensive back because they added uh, C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. Panthers are trying, man. Yeah. Like they're, they're, hey, we are not in a rebuild. We're here to win. Uh, and uh, last I saw, Packers did get Jalen Smith, right? Yeah, they were close. I, I don't know if it was signed, right. signed, but it sounded like they agreed. Do you it. think the Raiders tried to make calls on either guy? Probably. I mean, there's not Do a you whole think lot. Of, Gilmore have... too. We've talked to people about Gilmore not fitting the scheme. Of the Raiders. Sure, but... But it's getting pretty thin. Brandon Faison? <laughs> like, okay. Now, you, you keep saying that. He may he may uh, usurp Gerald McCoy in your eyes. Like, Maybe. you fell in love with Gerald McCoy with his, no. his press conference and his tweets, and this this kid could be the the next next one of your favorites. Well, I put in a request for him. Let's see if Good. he... I hope, it, I hope it works out. It'd be great. I hope he makes you feel terrible about just saying what you just said. Brandon Faison. I'm, I'm willing to go on a limb and say that Stefan Gilmore right now is a better player than Brendan Faison. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I know that's crazy. But does he fit scheme? And also, well, also, Stefan Gilmore can't play for the next couple of weeks. He's he's still on pop okay. until week seven. So right. if you need help right now, yeah, it makes some sense. Uh, they, they don't, listen, Stefan Gilmore makes a lot of money. And wants a lot of money. A lot, and he's going to want a lot more, yeah. And I guess that was the case in both situations, right? The, both Patriots and Cowboys, especially the Cowboys, were facing some sort of deadline coming up, and they're like, well, we got to move on. He's not starting for us. He's you know, a solid player, but not great. And uh, I forget what kind of guarantee was going to kick in soon. But they moved on him. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to answer the question of the Raiders looked into it, they look into everybody. They say that every, every, no matter what player it is, no matter who's available, I don't know how realistic it was. And the Patriots sounded like they – we're about to release Gilmore, and the Panthers are like, we'll give you a six-round pick instead of releasing him. Like, okay, we'll take it. Um, I'm sure other teams in the league had that same opportunity and uh, decided it wasn't worth it. We need to talk about the offensive line. And I know we do it every day with the Raiders, but I saw some good conversation. Well, again, based on the numbers – did you see the PFF numbers for this week on the O-line? Yes. Man, and I know I know uh, people get driven nuts by PFF and the grades, and especially if it's not going in your direction. Well, that, I mean, that's exactly right. right. I mean, that, that's the, you know, there's a lot of players. I, you know, I won't mention specific players, but a lot of players, the fans are like, who cares what PFF says? And when they say he's good, 
See, told you he was good. Like, okay, well, that's you can't you can't have it both ways. I won't read you the numbers. It's just basically where these guys fall yeah. in the weekly ranking. So Colton Miller has been consistent. He was 16th out of 73 tackles graded. Jermaine Illuminor has actually been consistently the second best lineman since he's got yeah. in there. Uh, he was 48 out of 75 guards. John Simpson, the second-year player out of Clemson, he was 67 out of the 75 guards. Oh, boy. That's a third. Uh, Andre third James of 33 centers graded was 33rd. Is it for the week or that overall? I think it's for overall, right? Okay. Yeah, I think it's for the season. And Alex Leatherwood was 73 out of 73 tackles. Or is 73 out of 73. I have two, two guys right now who are being graded dead last. I'll just say at this. their position. At what point do you give up on the idea that Alex Leatherwood can play tackle? Um, it's a good question. I'm not an O-line expert. I'm very interested. And can, to he, find can he make a – I mean, a, the, the well, who do they have to replace him? Is it Brandon Parker? Is it someone else? And could – I mean, can, can you flip Leatherwood? Does he go to right guard? Does he go to left guard? When's Incognito coming back? If Illuminor is playing better than Simpson, can Illuminor just flip the left guard? Right? All, all questions. Like all, you still you want to get something out of Leatherwood, don't you? Or is he he's off the field? I mean, I would I would think you'd try my guard. Okay, so who does he replace? And what side of the ball? <laughs> well, you know, I I mean, I think ideally you put Illuminor at left guard. Okay. You're not saying that with a whole lot of confidence. And let Leatherwood play right guard? Just because that that at that point, if Leatherwood does work out of right guard, Incognito comes back, goes into left guard. Can Illuminor play center? I mean, can you know you Nick, Ma- Nick, Nick Martin? Martin? Nick Martin can't supplant Andre James. Could with I mean I, I do as much as I think in some cases they've shown an ability to just say, Hey, we screwed up, we're moving on. In others, I think that there's, you know, some sort of thought like we really invested a lot in Andre James. Yeah, and it's it is only four games. Uh, now that said, they, they now they use the off season to do it. I mean, they made some bold moves. You know, basically deciding that hey, certain guys need competition, and then they wind up losing the competition. Yeah. Other first round picks. You know, Arnett did not win the competition, and Cleef Earl did not win the competition. I, I will tell you on one thread that I saw. Um, saying, hey, they got to make some changes on the offensive line. Uh, there was a Mikey who reacted like second to the to the grades and the, the changes needed to be made, and he said, or it said, whatever, you know they're three and one, right? I didn't see many people complaining about the O-line before yesterday. I was like, <laughs> Adam Hill in stunned disbelief. I thought of you immediately because the, the, the O-line after every game has been a discussion. The grades have been a discussion. They were winning. They were game planning in a great way to overcome what what they know what's going on. But and, also, you know, especially at right tackle and center. Not to and and not you know. I was writing a story yesterday for today. It, it you know published today in the RJ. And I, my thought almost the entire time I was writing the story was, how many times am I going to write this? How many times am I going to write the offensive line stinks? You're beating a dead horse. Like everybody gets it. And then you hear this of like, yeah. nobody said anything about yeah. it. Like, nobody said anything. It's, I've written like seven times. Hey, this team is 3-0, but their offensive line stinks, and it's going to catch up to them at some point. Just like, how many people this week have been talking about, oh, this team, the slow starts. 
Yo, can't keep that up. Yeah, I, I that's my story from before the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're three and zero, but they've started terribly every game. They've got to fix that. But I guess people, I guess you can blow it off easily until something like this happens and just ignore the fact that everybody was saying the offensive line stinks. That is a preposterous. Nobody was talking about this before, really, really. Follow different people. Uh, we'll get you updated on the way back on what's going on in the wild card game in the National League. And also big news around uh, the pod squad as they've made a change at the managerial spot. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter podcast with Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bang up, bang up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Are you covering the fight at all this weekend, Wilder and Fury? No, you're not on it. You have no interest. You know, Zero. I mean, it is it is a circus. I was able to uh, score a dinner reservation, which is very hard to get at the place I like to go. So I'll be. <laughs> is that right? Oh yeah. Can I tell you, I just had an exchange with someone and I was hoping it was like a good dinner invite, but I got myself in trouble a few weeks ago. I put my fat foot in my old mouth, right? So I don't know. Should I give the particulars or not? I won't even give sure. the particulars. Why not? Um, I'm talking to people a couple weeks ago about, or they were talking about a softball team they have, right? Real good softball team, but all older guys and they're just like kicking booty, right? And I'm, I'm hearing it, and I'm like, oh, man, I love softball. It's kind of like reliving. Like, I like playing softball. Kind of that, uh, you know, that kind of the Bosa car heat. Like, that kind of stuff goes on, right? Um, but as I got older, like in my early 40s, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I can't. Every time I tried to run, it just started falling apart. It was depressing. So uh, they were talking about the softball team. And I'm like, hey, if you ever need someone, like, down the road. What I meant is, like, I got I to gotta run. Like, I got to get in a little shape. I know softball is not supposed to be extra strenuous, but like I'll die. Like I just have nothing left physically. Like I have to get into shape. And uh, yeah, so the person you know reaches out and, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on tonight?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I got podcasts, but you know, maybe I can rearrange things." And I was hoping it was going to be like something cool. And then, hey, we got an opening on that softball team. I'm like, "Oh man, I'm out." <laughs> I had to. I, I wasn't even an excuse. I'm like. I just can't swing it. And then I just dropped an F-bomb. I'm like, basically, like, well, you, the frustration. You told the story off the air, and my immediate thought was, like, I could probably run home and get the glove. And then I remembered, as I told the story a couple weeks ago, I didn't tell the story, but uh, I, my shoulder is done. You can't do anything. You, your shoulder is done. And you do, do you know how – this is going to sound weird for a, a big guy. Do you know how delicate your feet are? I know. Why would you ever try to run or – I mean, I know you walk. But your whole what was it? Your cauliflower foot from covering all the craziness. Well, that was a shoe issue. I think your feet. No, that was a shoe. I issue. I think you're going to be a disaster for the. Not to be all like depressing, but I think you need to be careful. No, no, that was a, that was completely a shoe issue. We talked. I think about you're it at the time. you're like a young Bill Walton. I think Walton finally got over it, but Walton had like 50 years of foot issues. Now he's seven feet tall. Well, those are foot injuries. I think you've abused your feet. That's not was, a doctor. I just have a feeling that you're, you better be careful. But it was a one time thing on a bad shoe. That can flare up again. It, it hasn't. I'm just, I'll just tell you. Uh, and I know people are always like, you know, you stop talking about how old you are, how fat you are. Well, it's just, it's reality. Someone showed me an x ray the other day, one of my friends, 
uh, their foot was hurting of a bone spur. And I'm like, I don't want that. No. Like, it was like a hook off the bottom of their foot. I'm like, like, I'm at, like, I joke about being a disaster because I don't, I don't really do anything. I, I walk around so gingerly. Like, I had to get up on a ladder today. I'm like, like, I'm look, I mean, I am like, I try, I'm jinxing the hell out of myself. I know. I'm really careful. Like, I'm not getting a bone spur and I'm not, I'm not popping the Achilles. That, that terrifies me because I, I, I watched that. it happen you know, to somebody. I multiple friends who've had it happen. Yeah. And I, I watched, I was actually covering somebody in basketball when it happened. And it was one of the most horrifying things I've ever experienced. Because he didn't do anything. And I, yeah. He didn't do anything nope. and went down on a heap. You're like, wait, that just popped in. And that piece? was somebody that wasn't like, not, it wasn't, wasn't even old in bad shape. It was wasn't a, it a, it was a decent guy? shape. Yeah, decent shape. Guy who regularly. He's like 35 played. years old. Yeah. Right, he went 180 pounds. And he, down he goes. It took a year before he was able to walk normally oh, again. That, yeah, that no. terrifies me. But I also, I, I'd said, um, you know, a couple months ago, I got, the, I had the calf injury, which could have been so much worse. It was a very partial tear. It could have been a full yeah, you tear. Had the, you had a calf but, injury, like walking the dog. No, that was that was a. What'd you do? Oh, you were you were lifting. What were you no, doing? Shoulder I was, presses with your puppy. No, I was doing the the um, plyometrics on the stairs, like the, the super hard up down, yeah, up down, yeah, up down, up down. And uh, it was it, it popped like a balloon, like it was yeah. a loud pop, like a it sounded like a gunshot. Yeah, two months later, definitely go out there and play some. It's softball. like it's like three and a half, but but I I do have that fear of like. Every time I walk, like every night I'll go walk and every night I have to ice it like pretty bad because it gets so sore. But I'm like, if I actually do something, if I make it so it's an actual injury, that's like a a four or five month injury. That's terrible. It sucks. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So I think the answer is no. Probably not. Trying to watch a movie tonight. Cardinals won nothing. Bottom of the second over the Dodgers. Scored a wild pitch. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I had more baseball, but now I'm intrigued. You got to watch a movie. Yeah, I think I'm trying. I'm finally going to try to watch the Sopranos movie. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. Are you emotionally ready to watch our favorite show? You told me two weeks ago you were not. I'm not. I'm. It's not emotionally you know ready. Show? Yeah, it's not. It's not that I'm not emotionally ready. Is probably not the right word. It's like I need to be. I want to watch it and focus on it. And like right now, I can't. I'm not in that. Like maybe the bye week. Like my my it's Do you want to mention what show? It's Love on the Spectrum. What is Love on the Spectrum about? It's a documentary about um people with autism that are trying to find relationships. Yep. It's awesome. I brought Incredible. it up one night on the podcast and everyone like it, it got weird. They were like creeped out. I'm like, no, I'm I'm serious. Well people it's when people hear awesome. you say it, when people hear you say it, they think it's a like it's you're mocking it's or not that funny you're at all. like no. No, it's it's legitimately an exploration of trying to have a relationship when you don't have the skills to have a relationship, which is really, really intriguing and fascinating. And from somebody who has it in my family, from some of my nephews that like, I like I'm very close with and love very much. Like to know what they might have to go through and try to learn about that is very educational. I'm not joking about this at all. The, this season, there are certain moments when I see some of the, the, uh, the folks talk, especially some of the guys I'm like, that's, that's, I've seen Adam. Like that. <laughs> yes. I'm not joking. Yeah. Cause because it's 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 I'm telling you it's awesome. You yeah. gotta watch. Love on the spectrum. It really is. It's it's a great show on Netflix.